You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad, and there's a very strong connection between Dundalk and Canada. And that connection is Thomas Darcy McGee. It was Carlingford, actually. But in Dundalk Institute of Technology, uh, they host, and this is the 10th annual Thomas Darcy McGee. It's an anniversary event. And it's going to take place online and on campus on the 15th and 16th of November. And it's open to all members of the public. And it's uh, not a free event because these things do cost money to put on. And uh, tickets can be purchased and they can, via the CHC website, which is the uh, at carlingfordheritagecenter.com. And there will probably be a tab that says events, but if not, it's carlingfordheritagecenter.com slash forward our dash events. And this year's program will explore the theme, Thomas Darcy McGee, the colour of his legacy. And uh, we're going to hear a bit about that. Sheila Flanagan is here with me. We've chatted with Sheila before about some other things. But Sheila, thanks a million for coming along. Um, always, I know the Thomas Darcy McGee's event, uh, McGee events that are held, they attract a lot of attention. They do. And they're normally on site uh, in Carlingford and it's normally a summer school. But this year we're hosting the summer school in winter and we've gone for a hybrid model given the circumstances that we currently live in. Um, it's this, as you've mentioned, it's the 10th anniversary uh, conference and we felt we couldn't let the year pass without celebrating Thomas Darcy McGee and his legacy within this region and indeed uh, within Canada. So uh, whilst we had to forsake the annual summer uh, on-site Carlingford event, uh, Dundalk Institute of Technology decided to collaborate with the Darcy McGee Foundation and Carlingford Heritage Centre to bring a hybrid uh, event to the uh, the fans of of Darcy McGee. But what's interesting about this particular conference is not only is it a hybrid, but for the first time, our friends in Eastern Canada, uh, in particular, will have the opportunity of joining the conference because it's it, it's a hybrid event. And we've purposely scheduled the conference over two days, the 15th and 16th of November, in the uh, afternoon, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Um, uh, Greenwich Mean Time, which allows uh, friends in Canada to tune in in the morning uh, to, the, to hear some of the great speakers uh, on the, uh, what I think is a really strong program that we've created this year. Well, and even 2 p.m., while it may be early out on the West Coast, it's still, if someone is a, is a keener, it actually allows somebody to come in at 6 a.m. and get in some before they go out or get into their normal regular shift. And, of course, cutting right across the country, it does open it up across the country. But one of the challenges of any hybrid model, the hybrid side of it, um, the online side of it, I have found a challenge in that because what we do is we sit in front of a computer in our own home, Slotting off that time and not allowing everything else to interfere is a big challenge because you know and I know when you go to a conference, you have taken yourself off the treadmill for those two days and you're able to devote 100% attention. But unfortunately, on the other side of the room, when you're in the hybrid world, (laughs) chaos still goes on. Yes, the cat walks across the screen or the kids come in or whatever. I know, I understand. And that's why we felt, you know, we had to develop a, 
what we regard is, you know, a very compelling program and, and relevant program this year and something that's relevant to the issues of today. And Darcy McGee, his legacy is, is, is relevant. So I think you'll see that reflected in the program. Um, but as you mentioned um, at the outset, this is a hybrid uh, event. So we're conscious that certainly within our region of uh, North Leinster, South Ulster, uh, we have a loyal following uh, of people who come every year to Carlingford. We have a few internationals, but it's, it's largely uh, a local audience. And this year we've moved the event uh, physically uh, to Dundalk Institute of Technology. So what we're doing is uh, for day two, allowing a limited audience uh, to come and to hear the speakers who will be uh, performing live. Uh, and this will go out online, but we also uh, it will be broadcast and we're using Studio One uh, in our uh, film and TV uh, suite here in the Institute. Um, uh, we have a, a, a very popular undergraduate uh, film and TV program. So we've uh, recruited Theo O'Grady, who is ex retired from RTE, director of news and prime time uh, in RTE. And he's been working with our students uh, to create a, a prime time uh, politicians uh, forum uh, type uh, studio where Eamon Malley and uh, his, his guests and the uh, new Canadian ambassador to Ireland uh, will be performing on Tuesday. So we can allow up to 60 uh, to come. Uh, it's a little bit less than we would have in the Heritage Centre in Carlingford. We'd normally have uh, in or around 100 to 120 uh, at the Heritage Centre. But we can allow with social distancing and just being careful, um, allow uh, up to 60 uh, people to come for the, the, the live broadcast and then they will join the speakers afterwards for a, a little reception, uh, which is being supported by our good friends uh, in the Fairways Hotel here in Dundalk. Uh, Pat O'Callaghan's uh, 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 team uh, are coming in to assist us with this one. So it will be a very, very nice event. Day one is completely online and day two is the mixture. So it allows okay. some locals to come in. Yeah. Okay, so I see you have um, Professor David Wilson, and David, of course, would, I you suppose do. he would be the um, he is the uh, biographer of Thomas Darcy McGee, and uh, I think there are very few, if any, uh, his would be the most comprehensive work I think that exists yes. on Dar yes. Thomas Darcy McGee, yes. and uh, so you have David, and he is with the history department at the University of Toronto, so you have. The transatlantic bridge built right. straight off on the program. Uh, exactly. Day one, we're starting with uh, David, yeah, and he's a regular uh, at the summer school, absolutely. And there's no one better uh, to provide uh, an opening context uh, with regard to Darcy McGee. And he will be looking at uh, McGee this year in terms of the theme of diversity and right. unity and diversity. So, yeah, I think everybody's looking forward to. Uh, to that and uh, and then moving on from David a slight change to the program this year uh, and we can do it because we're online we can bring our Canadian colleagues in again uh, we have uh, two panels following David uh, normally at the summer school we have a, a, a series of single speakers this time we've gone for um, a panel type uh, scenario 
So our first panel, which will follow David Wilson, uh, David will uh, um, open the program. Uh, we have a panel that addresses growing diversity, the, the concept of New Ireland and Ireland uh, emerging as a, a diverse uh, a place to live. And, you know, what can we learn from the past? And again, linking back into Canada, uh, we're delighted to have Robert Kearns, the, the, the chairperson of the Canada Ireland Foundation in Toronto, uh, who will speak to us about the past and about the role that Canada played in assisting migrants in 1847, uh, who arrived as refugees uh, in Toronto, uh, a city of 20,000 and 40,000, just under 40,000 Irish arrived, many of whom were suffering from uh, typhus. Uh, they were poor, uh, destitute. Uh, many of them didn't speak English. They only spoke Irish. So, you know, you had a refugee type scenario uh, in Toronto in 1847, and Canada uh, opened up to these migrants uh, arriving, provided care, um, restored those who could uh, be restored to health, and they went onwards to live um, full lives in Canada, uh, cared for those who were dying, and indeed gave their lives uh, in many instances. And I'm thinking in particular of Dr. George Robert Grissett, and indeed this summer in July, uh, um, our Canada Ireland Foundation opened a park in memory of Grissett and the caregivers uh, who came to the assistance of the Irish in 1847. So, you know, that's a theme that's very relevant to today, but also has an historical context. So Robert will be talking about that. Uh, Professor Frederick Dimosh from Ryerson University in Toronto, and um, uh, Frederick is director of the Ted Rogers School of Hospitality Management and Tourism. He's going to be talking about the current controversies uh, impacting on Ryerson, the removal of the statue uh, recently of Ryerson, uh, the demands by the student body that the university be renamed. So he's going to talk to the theme of you know, cherishing the best of the past, but he will also address some of the inequalities uh, that exist in Canada currently and the need for uh, a new approach uh, going forward. Uh, we're then joined by, so we're, we're moving away then from Canada in um, panel one to two more local speakers. First up, we'll have Owen Ward. Owen is a second level uh, school teacher, uh, went to <clears throat> University College Galway and is the first person from uh, the travelling community to uh, sit on a governing authority of a university. Uh, so he is going to talk about breaking the glass ceiling from um, a traveler's perspective and um, you know his, his journey or his path. And he'll be followed by uh, Kweze Boyce. And Kweze is really local. Um, Kweze works here in Dundalk and uh, he works with a youth theatre group called Making Alternative Drama, MAD, uh, youth theatre in Dundalk and he's talking about being a person of colour. Uh, he's originally from the Caribbean, uh, lived for a number of years in the United States and then came uh, to live in Dundalk and he's going to talk about his experiences as a person of colour in Ireland, um, government policies that are working and that are not working in, in relation to migrant groups, uh, uh, refugees and uh, also talk about using art or artistic drama uh, to break down uh, cultural barriers. 
So uh, that's panel one. So a very diverse group uh, and uh, reaching across the Atlantic. Sheila, what I find fascinating, some of what you share, first of all, is that you talk in terms of the Irish arriving in Toronto and the times that they did and the numbers and the strains that they put on the healthcare community at the time. And as you say, so relevant with what's going on today. Yes. And we're hearing it on both sides of the Atlantic, the strain that the healthcare workers are under. And it's an interesting comment or note my good wife mentioned to me. She said that after the Black Plague, there was a labour shortage yes. and that there was actually an evolution or there was a, a huge slave market back then because of the labour shortage. And what we're seeing now is a labour shortage because we come out of this. Yes, yes. And that's you know, how these things do repeat themselves. And another comment that she mentioned to me was she saw somewhere that a pandemic, you, you allocate four years for it. Mm. And we're only at year two. So we could be looking at two more years. Um, so again, coping with these things. And the yes. other thing I find uh, interesting, what you say, I was I watched some of the discussion. I think it was last year, the year before, from other voices. Yes. And they talked about the seventeen percent, and the seventeen percent being the Irish that have emigrated, but also the seventeen percent now of the new Irish immigrant. Very interesting, yes. And that it was a fascinating uh, change and the diversity of it. And and how in many ways while the population of Ireland has grown, that it has grown. But um, And the other fascinating thing, I I interviewed uh, Mark Henry last week and Mm -hmm. he has just his book, uh, in fact, Ireland at 100. And he talked about net migration and so many other fascinating things that all tie into this kind of uh, topic. And when you say, well, here we are in 2021, and Thomas Darcy McGee, the colour of his legacy, um, so much has changed and nothing has changed. Nothing has changed, no. And that, that, you know, that hence my opening point that, you know, the the, uh, philosophy of McGee is so relevant uh, today, you know, which is evidenced in this conference and the, the topics and themes that we'll be discussing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, Sheila, you mentioned day one is an online. This is all online. Online. So we'll get to day yeah. two in a moment. Yeah. But one of yeah. the challenges with day one, of course, is, as I say at the beginning, there's the real danger. You know, you still have to kind of put lunch on the table for the kids or whatever, this, that, and the other. So you're pulled left, right, and center. The lectures and the t- panel presentations, are they once off or can somebody come back in afterwards and uh, catch up on what they missed. Yeah, we're going to record them. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And yes. will they be available for a limited amount of time? They will. Or they will. Few... Yeah, they yeah. will. They'll be available. Yeah, they will. They will. But you know, we are. You know, we're very cognizant of the fact that uh, you know, whilst yes, there might be some people in uh, uh, Western Canada who you know, will get up at six a.m. in the morning. There are many that won't. So we want yeah. to try and make this. Uh, uh, work available and as accessible as possible. So yes, absolutely. Right. So let's go to day two because now you've now you're getting into the hybrid model. You have some you have some you have some bums in the seats. We will. We'll have uh, up to sixty people in here, and then hopefully a lot more watching online. And what's very interesting about day two, Austin, is. Um, we're using a TV studio here in the Institute. Uh, it's, it's a training TV studio for our uh, degree program in film and TV. And my colleague, uh, Mr. Lorcan Dunn, has 
uh, prevailed upon some of our third year students to uh, act as uh, uh, camera uh, people for the day. So this is going to be a live broadcast and we're under the direction of Mr. Theo O'Grady, who is ex-RTE, retired from RTE and uh, a, an old hand. He was director of the, the News at Six and uh, primetime political programs. So they couldn't be the students for a start are going to get a wonderful learning experience mm-hmm. uh, from that, from this. So this is the gain for the, 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 the college, so to speak. But also on day two, um, we have, as well as having the audience with us and the audience online, we have some great speakers. Uh, we're delighted to welcome to the campus uh, for her first visit, our new, uh, the new ambassador of Canada to Ireland, um, Her Excellency Miss Nancy Smith. And she's joining us and she's going to be meeting some of the students as well as uh, presenting. She's the keynote speaker uh, for the opening of the second day. So she's going to be talking about she's going to move away. She'll refer to the past, uh, but she's more going to talk about uh, the current situation and the future, future opportunities, economic and social opportunities for enriching and enhancing Irish Canadian relationships. And we're really looking forward to, to, to hearing Nancy speak to that theme. And then we're followed by an old reliable, um, the Politicians Forum or the Politicians Panel, which is very ably uh, moderated by Eamon Malley. And this year we're bringing together uh, um, a, a wide range of uh, cross-section of party representatives. We've uh, Doug Beatty, who is the leader of the Ulster Unionist Party, uh, Christopher Stalford from the Democratic Unionist Party, uh, Billy Hutchinson, who's the leader of the uh, Progressive Unionist Party, John Finucane, a uh, former uh, recent uh, mayor of Belfast and Sinn Féin MP for North Belfast, and uh, Deputy Thomas Byrne, who uh, from the Department of the uh, Taoiseach uh, and has uh, responsibility for EU affairs. So given that mix, I have no doubt that Eamon will be raising issues around Brexit, the thorny issue of Brexit, uh, the protocol, uh, cross-border relationships, uh, relationships between the United Kingdom and the EU, all very, very topical, but in the context of embracing diversity. Uh, and back to Darcy McGee again. So that's um, uh, the, the politicians panel is uh, always a highlight uh, of the, the, the conference. And that's why we were anxious in as much as we could to allow a live audience uh, to come for that aspect of the event, as well as providing something very, very um, uh, substantive for our online um um, audience uh, also. So day two, very exciting day, and I think some very relevant uh, themes explored. Of course, when you're online, uh, there are breaks between the sessions, and we thought, well, what can we do to reflect the conference as it normally takes place in Carlingford? We normally have uh, music uh, in the evenings, for example. So we pre-recorded um, and it was filmed again by the student uh, cohort, uh, our own uh, Eamon Dabara and uh, Jerry O'Connor, um, obviously a national uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, musician with uh, 
local musician with a national profile. So Eamon and Jerry, uh, and they're both on the organizing committee, uh, came together uh, to provide a couple of music uh, pieces that will be played during the breaks, just to, to, to break it up and to give a little flavor, a little uh, musical flavor to the audience, for the audience. So, um, and then for those that are attending uh, in person, there will be an opportunity. Uh, if they all survive, if all the politicians survive the uh, Inquisition by Eamon, <laughs> uh, there'll be an opportunity at the end for them to uh, join in the, um, the Fairways reception that's been provided on site uh, with um, Eamon and his, his team. So the audience will get a chance to talk to the uh, uh, the, 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 the speakers and to network. So it'll be a Sheila, very exciting day. Sheila, did you have a, was it difficult to get um, the particularly the three unionist party leaders no. to on board? No, 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 no not at all. No, um, not at all. Um, our, our main difficulty um, uh, in relation to, you know, so Jeffrey Donaldson has spoken uh, uh, in the past um from the Democratic Unionist Party and our difficulty this time round was because we've moved out of the summer into the winter in order to run this, we had difficulties that he shook was, for example, and Sir Geoffrey were very interested uh, in being involved. But uh, the Taoiseach's in the door, uh, stole question time in the Irish Parliament on uh, a Tuesday afternoon and Sir Geoffrey is in Westminster so um, that was the, that was the main difficulty or constraint uh, with regard to running the summer school in winter. Right, right. So, but nonetheless, I think we have a, a, a you know a very good cross section there, and I think there'll be a very lively and fulsome debate. Switching gears a little bit, you, while you have um, students who will be uh, working on the technical yes. side and all that, um, the college itself is back in operation and uh, to what extent and how are you functioning? Yeah, we're back full time. Uh, everybody's on site. Uh, we've, we're running all of our classes. Uh, during uh, lockdown, we still managed to run our practical classes in, in areas such as creative media, film and TV, uh, culinary arts. Uh, some of the engineering and science labs were operational um, and students really, really appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was just so difficult for them at home. Uh, you know, sometimes in difficult circumstances, maybe where they might have younger siblings uh, in the house and everybody trying to use broadband at the same time, noise disturbances and so on. Uh, they were fantastic uh, in terms of how they managed over the past 18 months. But they're back and they're delighted to be back. And um, I know there's a a challenge in all the schools that in the event that anyone tests or anything like that, that it can cause chaos. Yes. Did you guys run into any difficulties? We haven't so far. We've had a couple. We have had a couple of cases, obviously. Uh, It's it's but no more than is reflective of society as a whole. We've very we put in place a very um, detailed plan for reopening. Uh, last uh, September and we phased it in over the summer. We tested it on staff before the full student group came back. We had our research students, for example, back over the summer as we began to slowly open up and we were ready then for uh, the return. of. We had a phased induction for uh, returning second years who had never been on campus. They've been out for the whole year 
and we had a separate induction then for first years and then they were all back uh, I think it was the 30th Monday the 30th of September then we had the full cohort back uh, but you know it's going well uh, they have to wear masks mm-hmm. uh, in class uh, we're trying to provide uh, social spaces for them to uh, study to congregate in a safe way uh, in the earlier parts of uh, the uh, semester we provided outdoor seating uh, extra outdoor seating for them and uh, the I think they've got into a, you know, a rhythm now and they understand uh, how they must behave uh, within the institute and you know we, we've we've checked some that in, in place uh, as well but uh, I think you know at, at this point uh, certainly uh, all students will be aware that it's critically important that they wear their masks that they wash their hands frequently that they behave in a responsible manner they're so glad uh, Austin to be back in the first instance that they're not going to do very they're, they're not going to do much to jeopardize um, their their education at this point by yeah. misbehaving. Because I know like there were there was a real challenge, particularly in the Donegal and the Derry border, where people yes. back and forward and migration and of course Dundalk traditionally would have been yes. somewhere where people yes. would have a cross border and just daily yes. interaction. Yes. Uh, so I guess people having to curtail some of that type of lifestyle was yes. one of the challenges. You know, we would have as you know a, a significant enough number of students and staff who cross the border daily, yeah. uh, who live in Northern Ireland, uh, but who work or study uh, within Dundalk Institute of Technology. Um, and uh, but you know certainly in terms of uh, different rules uh, across both jurisdictions, that hasn't impacted at all. Everybody, you know, if, if you live or you if you work or you study within the institute, you must abide by. Uh, the reopening plan that we have put in place for the institute. So we've had no major outbreaks uh, at this point and uh, touch wood, um, you know, we're heading towards Christmas and a successful completion of uh, the first semester. Given how close you are to the border, cross-border would have been something that students would also have, uh, you'd have students from the north and I'm sure there's people from the south who are studying maybe up in Queens. Um, Brexit, and mm. education. Mm. Are you seeing a ripple and are you seeing an issue? Uh, we're not seeing an, a, an issue. Uh, uh, well, we're seeing some benefits. I, would, I hate to say it, some benefits of Brexit, um, particularly on the research side, because we have access uh, to European funding uh, still, obviously, as you know, given that we're within the EU, uh, never... M- more so now than before, have the University of Ulster, for example, or Queen's been anxious and interested in working with us. Now, we've all, we have had over the years a very good working relationship uh, with the universities and the colleges uh, in Northern Ireland, uh, particularly on the research side. You know, we, we've, uh, um, we have a, a multi-million uh, pound or euro project uh, with Queen's, for example, that was launched uh, maybe I think it's four, about four years ago, uh, looking at the instance of COPD in the region. And we're the lead um, college uh, on the project with our, our faculty of uh, science and health. 
and the uh, and uh, Queen's University and the University of Western Scotland because it would appear that it, and it's not smoking related but there are high instances of COPD in this region. So you know that's one example of a research project, but there are others uh, across a range of other discipline areas that we've had over the years with Queen's. But you know Queen's and and the University of Ulster as a uh, as, as, as research uh, organizations are anxious to continue uh, to develop um, uh, in, in those areas. And uh, obviously, you know, with Brexit, um, they're prohibited uh, from applying for EU funding. So, you know, we can work with them still, mm-hmm. and, still mm-hmm. you know, and we can enrich those links. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, a significant amount of funding coming from the Department of the Taoiseach at the moment as well. Uh, and it will run over the next number of years, um, several uh, uh, million, uh, I think it's 20 million for, uh, in the uh, Peace Plus Fund, uh, the Shared Island Initiative. And under the Shared Island Initiative, there are a number of um, programs that uh, allow for the development of both research and indeed shared programs, shared academic programs. So we're looking and exploring uh, opportunities within the context of of that funding as well. So I think that um, there was a determination on the part of uh, the colleges and universities on both sides of the border to ensure that the the very good relationships that have been built up over the past twenty years were in no way negatively impacted upon by Brexit. Uh, the other, I suppose, uh, positive is that the Department of um, Further and Higher Education here in the uh, Republic of Ireland have um, committed to uh, ensuring that uh, students from Northern Ireland who attend in the Republic for a higher education are uh, eligible for um, fee waivers or SUSE grants uh, as before. So that hasn't changed uh, either. So they're treated as if they were an EU student right, for the right. moment. Yeah. Right. Sheila, we should wrap it up. Before we do, again, we'll give the coordinates. It's carlingfordheritagecenter.com slash forward our dash events. And yeah. the event is uh, the 15th, 16th of November. And That's as right. Sheila said, it's commencing at 2 p.m. Um, Greenwich or Irish time. So yeah. you're looking at... Uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. And it runs four hours, uh, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. So it's running four hours. And the uh, video version will be available subsequently. And then for the hybrid version, what is being recorded, I'm sure, will be available also. And uh, how much are we talking about? We never mentioned a fee. What's the attendance? Yeah, 20 euros uh, per day for online and 50 for on-site. Fantastic. Um, so, Sheila, uh, we've been chatting with Sheila Flanagan, and Sheila is the Vice President of for Academic Affairs and Registrar at Dundalk Institute of Technology. Sheila, thanks a million for taking the time. Great to talk to you today. Thanks ever so much, Austin. Thank you.